This is B2B Enablement, a Click.io podcast created to inspire sales and marketing leaders navigating digital transformation. I'm your host, Dave Carr, and on this show, we'll share actionable insights to build winning digital strategies and deliver better sales results with your customers. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 12 of B2B Enablement. Today, we've got a great topic to discuss. We're going to hop in and discuss sales training trends for 2021. And with me today, I've got a great guest, uh, Christine Sizemore, who is the owner of Sandler Sales Training here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, And we're just going to hop in and discuss a lot of things that have changed since the pandemic and what you and your organization can do to prepare for 2021. Uh, So I'm going to give Christine just a quick moment to introduce herself, and then we're going to hop right into the topic. Thanks, Dave. Uh, You know, I I work with business owners and sales leaders, you know, who are doing well, but at times they're frustrated because they really see opportunity to grow, whether that's in their prospecting process, um, in really having better conversations with their ideal target market, moving those to close. You know, others really want to see more consistent revenues because they can't grow without that. You know, and the last group is frustrated at times with really having to cut price to win deals when they know they don't need to. You know, and also when they're hiring people and seeing that it's not working out the way they expected, they come to me, you know, so we can work on addressing those issues that can be so expensive financially and emotionally. It's not a fit for everyone, but businesses reach out typically when those issues are top of mind. Gotcha. Well, we have a lot to talk about, and I know this is a topic that at least with our clients comes up all the time. Um, everyone wants to talk about sales training. Everybody knows it's important, but I think in a lot of cases, there's a big disconnect between really getting a good strategy and actually, uh, operationalizing it within your organization. So, um, so we've got a lot to talk about today, but just, I guess at the, the core of this to begin, Christine, can you tell us just a little bit about the fundamentals of what has changed in sales training since the pandemic? Uh, what has stayed the same, and how should we be thinking about 2021? Yes. You know, D- Dave, when you talk about operationalizing, you know, when you look at 2021, what's really changed is the how, the how of having good conversations. Um, what hasn't changed is, is the what. Because, you know, for all of us in business, um, you know, one of the first indicators of success is how many good conversations are we having with our ideal prospects? You know, and that process, I'm talking about the human to human process of having conversations, whether those are leads that come to you or whether those are leads that you uncover yourself. Um, And we've got to ask ourselves, are we having enough conversations to meet our goals? And those, that's a question I'm getting from a lot of people. Because it varies by industry, but you know, so many of us are not doing what we used to do. Face-to-face meetings, sometimes drop-in meetings, you know, it it varies by industry. So the how that it has changed is how are you having those good conversations? So whether that's over Zoom and you're working more on appointment than you may have been before, or you're actually, you know, holding your your sales meetings via Zoom when they were in person. how are you taking advantage of the telephone? It still can be a great tool to build relationships. Um, how are you taking advantage of LinkedIn? 
And when I say utilizing LinkedIn, now it can be a great tool for, for inbound, uh, you know, using your content to bring opportunities to you, but it's also a powerful tool for building relationships, for messaging outbound to start good conversations. Absolutely. And many of the same principles apply, whether you are reaching out over the phone or you're reaching out over LinkedIn, but it can take some time to adjust to a new medium, just like it can take time to adjust to holding your sales meetings uh, over Zoom or even your initial conversations. So you may want to ask yourself, how comfortable are you with that? How have you assimilated new tools into your process? But if we go back to what hasn't changed, are you still holding yourself or holding your team to a, a level of activity that will lead to the results that you need to meet your revenue goals? Right. You know, if you take a look at the number of conversations you're having on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, has that changed from a year ago? Is it lower simply because you, you need to maybe consider working on the how? How are you having those conversations? And how are you taking advantage of new modes of having those conversations? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that the change in the how uh, has become extremely apparent, you know, as we've gotten, you know, four or five, six months into the pandemic, I think it's even yes. more apparent now. Um, you mentioned LinkedIn. You know, I, I, yes. I have talked about this in so many of our episodes and I continue yes. to say LinkedIn is one of the one of the most underutilized tools for sales reps. And I think one right. big barrier is just people think that creating content is is hard or scary or it's just for mm -hmm. for marketers. Um, right. But there's such a great opportunity to keep that human to human connection through a yes. digital medium, right? And and uh, yes. you mentioned calls as well. I mean, you know, I think all of us, you know, from a sales perspective, people get you know, sort of in the rut of, oh, I'm going to send an email. And that's the way I always, you know, interact right. is I'm going to send an email, you know, pick up the phone. The phone is great. Or, or even again, using Zoom or FaceTime just to have a little more human yes. element. Um, but yeah, I can imagine that's been difficult for organizations. So um, what sort of adaptations have you seen organizations and sellers more specifically having to make to continue to stay relevant? And how can organizations help train their sales teams on how to better adapt to the new normal? Yes. You know, I saw this right away when, um, you know, when all the change happened back in March. Um, I saw uh, actually on LinkedIn a post from an executive at Delta. She was, you know, she was venting um, about a salesperson who had reached out to her and at the end of the cadence of messages, you know, said something kind of cavalier like, well, you must not care about your people because you haven't responded to me. Now, here's what stood out to me about that message. She didn't complain that they were reaching out to her. You know, she didn't complain that, you know, they were working to, you know, initiate a conversation. It was how they did it. Right. <laughs> so make sure you're stepping back to understand what's going on with your prospects right now. Now it's gonna vary by industry. Some industries have been hit more significantly than others. You know, some are getting back into the groove of things, for example, after you know, the auto plants being shut down for a period of time. So what does that mean for them today? Now, what I am seeing right now, um, you know, everything from my clients that are in the staffing industry, as well as in the hospitality industry, 
across the board, many things are starting to pick back up if they slowed down. So do you understand right now the most pressing issues for your prospects? And are you tailoring your approach for those initial conversations to test and see what are they dealing with? And can you help them solve their most pressing problems? Because one of the things I help my clients do is, is create that process. And where we start is with their unique competitive advantages and build it back from there. Because if you're seeking to have conversations, you need to make sure that you're asking questions that relate to the most pressing issues that your prospects are dealing with. That's how you help start a conversation with equal business stature, because you're demonstrating the value that you bring to the table. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny, too. I think in so many ways, the, the fundamental elements of selling and, you know, whether you, whatever model you want to follow, right, whether it's yes. spin or challenger or whatever, they're, they're all, they're all good if you just stick with one or follow the, through the process. And I know yeah. Sandler has a, a lot of great, you know, insights on how to be more productive as a salesperson and also from the evaluation of skill. But I, yes. I do think it is the discipline. And I think that when you think about all the other things that have changed in business, um, the discipline of just working from home. Right. So, the, you know, and for me, I even find that I have to I make a morning routine as if I was going into an office because it helps me with that yes. discipline. And I think it's very easy for salespeople when we're in this new normal to get a little bit yes. lazy with that and maybe not remember all of those same points and those same uh, process has to be applied in a digital way or a, a non person to person way. And, uh, yes. and I don't know about you, but I don't know that that's necessarily going to go away in 2021. I think we're seeing a total shift to a new way of selling that's going to far outlast coronavirus. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. I think a lot of companies have realized they don't need to spend the money to have people out on the road when they can accomplish at least the initial stages. And it varies by industry um, on a tool just like Zoom that we're on right now. Um but you brought up something very interesting a few minutes ago, and that's really about discipline and practice. Because if you consider the litmus test, you know, think about a year ago. How many conversations were you having? How many conversations were moving forward to qualified appointments? How were you moving those forward to close? And even consider what was your debrief process, because that's an incredibly powerful time to learn. So fast forward to today. How many conversations are you having? If it's not as many, how's your muscle memory? If you're not practicing and if you're not role playing, you know, with a coach or your manager, you know, our skills, you know, are not going to stay sharp if we don't practice and refine them. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I could not agree more. And that's, yeah, it's the discipline, right? It's again, following whatever you choose to do, following it with rigor and having a way to measure yes. it, you know? Exactly. And I, I don't know, I'd, I'd be interested to get your, your thoughts on this point, but you know, when I think about everything else in the commercial world, we have yes. all these KPIs for sales, right? So how many sales qualified leads are converting or how many opportunities do we have in the funnel or for marketing, right. you know, how many leads are we generating? What sort of click-through rates are we getting on our emails? But I'd be very interested to know what your perception is of organizations and how they're looking at their training metrics to figure out, is there the stickiness factor in 
actually seeing results from what they're implementing on the training side yes. of things. Well, and Dave, that actually makes me think of, of two things. Uh, first of all, is it okay if I touch on how teams can work together? Absolutely. To, uh, to really leverage what they're learning? Because, you know, I'm sure that many of the people listening have probably answered the question of, you know, my prospects are dealing with different problems in 2021. You know, they may be dealing with longer sales cycles because there's more layers of decision making and, and oversight right now. That's something we're seeing a lot. So, for example, if you're on a team, how are you learning from each other about what those problems are that your prospects are dealing with? What talk tracks and questions and third party stories are you using to really help help draw out your prospects to have a real business to business conversation about the problems they're having? Because if you're not taking the opportunity to learn from each other, that's leverage that you could be missing out on. Because, you know, David Sandler said, you know, every prospecting call builds compound interest. Yeah. So you want to make sure and learn from every single one. Right. So if you're a team, how can you take the opportunity to really learn from each other? Because sales is a slight edge game. And if you can consistently apply what you're learning, you will consistently over time see an increase in your results. Yeah. But the second component there, Dave, is really about the, the structure for sales management. You know, and how are you how are you coaching, managing, and holding your team accountable? Because we're really, we're in the midst of a lot of change. And I think you're exactly right. It's going to be ongoing. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and oftentimes when we're brought in um, at Sandler, it's because of, of skills. We're known for the technique and skills to have a good, you know, no pressure uh, prospecting conversation. You know, if you're dealing with having a lot of good conversations, but you're not moving them to close. So those are the reasons why people come to us, but that's where we need to, to go a little deeper and ask about, you know, your people, you know, what are their inherent strengths, traits, and abilities? And have you taken a look at that? Because if we jump to the strategies that you need to pursue, you know, I'm talking with, with prospects and even have a client right now that's moving from being in account management mode. Because previously, they really didn't need to bring in new revenue. They were bringing in more than enough working their existing base. But because of structural changes in their industry in 2021, as well as competitive changes, they now have to bring in new business. We're talking about more than 50%. So when you look at that, you've got to ask. So from a sales leadership standpoint, what's being done? Because oftentimes, it's human nature. People can be very comfortable with what they've done. I cannot agree more. And to go back to your point about the teamwork and, and cross-functional, if you want to call it that, if you want to call it, you know, having yes. a group of account managers and then, you know, hunters and gatherers and, yes. and how that's changed. Uh, I think teamwork is the thing that, that so many people overlook and we get in silos and organizations and, and don't think about how we empower those teams to collaborate. I think sales training is a huge piece of that. I think having systems and tools and processes is yes. the other side of it. Uh, yes. you know, and, and again, just to kind of talk about, you know, our business and what, what I do with my company at click.io, yes. uh, you know, in sales enablement solutions, that's one of the things those systems try to solve amongst many other things, you know, delivering training content, helping collaboration, putting content in people's hands yes. at the right place at the right time. But if you don't know how to use it fundamentally, if you don't have the knowledge or if you don't have the inherent skills, um, 
you know, and I think a lot of those skills, you know, I mean, there's the whole nature and nurture, you know, view of things. But I think for the most part, most people can learn those skills if they Mm -hmm. have some core fundamental elements about themselves. Um, But let's let's go back to that comment you made about the shift in uh, account management to business development, because I, I think there's so many companies right now that are experiencing the pain of making that shift. You know, hey, we've had you know, all these great customers that we've been able to just farm for, for many, many years, but now maybe things have changed, right? We're, the companies are having to do prospecting. They're having to look at new business development. So how have you seen, uh, training play into organizations prepping their teams for that? And if you had Mm -hmm. advice to give sales leaders that are listening, what, what would it be around how to make that shift? Sure. The first thing I would say is with your prospects, make it about them. Make sure you understand their world and the problems that they're facing. Then you build your process based on how do you have conversations that, that get past you know, those natural defenses that almost all of our prospects have, because if they don't know us, they're, they're just going to have those natural defenses up. So how do you start a conversation to, to draw them out? And for them to realize to their own conclusion that, you know, it's worth it to move forward with a deeper conversation because this person has some, you know, knows something I don't know, or I see value in spending more time with them. And it's a process of, of communication, human to human. And it, it needs to be practiced because it are, oftentimes we can focus on our features and benefits because we know how they work. And we know what, what they can do to help our prospects accomplish um, what they need to do. But here's the thing. Our prospects don't know. And people don't want to be told what to do. They want to make the opportunity to choose to buy or choose to work with you. So it's through a process of, of questions and strategic third-party stories that Um, that is incredibly powerful so that your prospect in their own words, you know, defines what they need to do and and realize that you can help them accomplish that. And that's a process that involves both technique, which can be taught, but also there's a lot of conceptual barriers that can come up in that process because asking good questions can sometimes be tough. Absolutely. It can. And we find that there's times when people can have mental barriers. They may know what to do, but picking up the phone or even starting that messaging process on LinkedIn, we can have conceptual barriers we need to be aware of and overcome to be successful. And that's, again, where the discipline of practice, um, being willing to fail, is a big part of being successful when our environment's changing. I, I agree on all fronts. And the fear of failure, I think, is one of the biggest inhibiting factors. And, and take it out of just sales. I mean, we could you could fill in the blank on any, you know, in any function inside of an organization. Fear of change. And mm-hmm. if there's anything that 2020 has brought us, it is a ton of change. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if people are not becoming comfortable with dealing with that change, and changing the processes and the mindset, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a huge inhibiting factor. Um, you know, going back to what you were talking about in terms of 
uh, salespeople, you know, trying to, to put the prospect at the center and to, to think about how you can make them a part of the narrative. Uh, I think that's something that's easy to forget as well when you're not having those personal interactions that we've been so accustomed to, um, and leveraging other resources too. I mean, uh, I'll go on a a little bit of a marketing tangent here since that's my, my nerdy passion. Um, (laughs) but you know, we, we have, have been collecting a lot of data on, you know, utilization of marketing content, both from our platform. And we look at the data all the time as well as industry resources. And we find that between 80 and 90% of sales and marketing content, and that includes training content, mm-hmm. goes unused by mm-hmm. sales teams. Yes. So when you think about that alone, you're like, holy crap, that is a huge area that, that any organization could look to improve, is how are you training your people to be able to use, use those resources in a way that's gonna help them move through the sales cycle. And, and again, it comes back to, to sales training and the discipline. Yes. And because, you know, here's what happens, Dave, you know, people I, I'm, and, and I'm sure there's all different kinds of processes. But if you get a lead that comes in through your email or through whatever system you use. You know, do you know what to say? Do you know how to start that conversation? Um, and, you know, wh- one way to do it is just always to make sure that you're not assuming the prospect wants to talk with you. Slightly behind. Right. Because that way you give them the opportunity to explain to you, you know, why they responded on to that form or why they downloaded that white paper. Um, you want to find out the context of, of, of what they were looking for. Um, you don't want to go charging in with features and benefits and assume that they're in a different place than where they are. But on the other side of the equation, sometimes people know what to do. They've even practiced it, but the butterflies in their stomach um, get in the way. <laughs> it makes us revert to very basic human instincts. <laughs> and yeah, and you're right. And they can throw away a lot of, of learning and training. Yes. So, yeah. Well, you know, following sort of that, that whole idea about, you know, learning to do things differently. Yes. I know a lot of listeners to, to this podcast and people in more industrial or complex B2B industries Yes. tend to sell a lot through channel partners. And mm-hmm. I, one of the questions we get a lot is how do we enable our channel partners? How can we give our channel partners systems and solutions to help you know, better convey our, our value proposition and sell product? Mm-hmm. How have you seen training for channel partners or maybe even rep agents change as we have gone through all of this morphing in, in 2020? Um, mm-hmm. And how do you think that's going to play out in 2021? You know, the the question about change is a good one because one, in my experience, what we've been through in the past eight months has really ramped up the curve on very good interactive training. And when it comes to training your channel partners, I mean, first, you've got to take a look and make sure you have the right partners on board. I mean, I'm, I'm actually talking with a prospect right now who's in the process of making a change because they've realized the partners they have just aren't the right ones. Could not agree so if you're more. in that position and you're looking to bring on new ones, make sure that you're starting from those sales strategies that you need to accomplish and build it from there and have a process to evaluate your partners and onboard them to success. Meaning what are you doing in those first 12 weeks for them to have success with you? And if, if you're looking at a more complex sale, 
you, you also need to consider when do you partner together? What are the guidelines? You know, those are things you want to make sure you have in place from the beginning and have processes and ways to deal with it so that it doesn't become a hindrance as the relationship continues to grow. But really, when it comes to equipping your channel partners, most people think of, of product training, which of course is very important. But then I'd also ask the question, how are you equipping your channel partners to have good conversations? So, because it oftentimes, now not exclusively, but oftentimes, channel partners are also representing your competition. Yes, in many cases. So, yes. So, how do you equip them to ask the right questions, to move forward with the most effective approach so that your solution, when it's the best fit, is the one that they bring to the table? Because that way, they will make more money. They will have happier clients who will, of course, then do more business with them. And you will be more successful. I mean, the, the, the concept of make it about them very much applies to channel partners as well. And I have seen just from working in a couple of different industries, sometimes with channel partners, um, they're not always working that closely together so that their goals are in alignment. And you want to make sure that they are succeeding and you are succeeding at the same time. Uh, great points. And I can tell you, uh, you know, I spent a majority of my career at, at General Electric managing channel and channel relationships. And and you're right. I think a lot of the breakdown becomes, hey, let's set up, you know, a new channel partner because we need more stock orders or we, we need to fill a gap regionally. But taking the time to look and make sure that they have the same fit to your ideal customer profile, right? And your markets, the markets you serve, are they addressing the same areas of TAM that your business is focused on? Are, are there going to be conflicts with other, you know, partners within, within geographies? Um, but then going deep and not wide, I think that's something that we've seen a shift in channel management for years now, right? Is going away from this idea of let's, hey, let's set up anybody and everybody to really yes. strategically picking those partners. And I think with that change comes the need for more training. And not just, hey, I'm going to send you a, you know, a video course to do or an e-learning course, but sitting down and intentionally training on how to approach solutions and creating service level agreements, too. Yes. I think that's one thing that's missed all the time in channel is saying, OK, well, hey, if 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 you are engaging prospects, at what yes. point in the sales cycle do you bring in a manufacturer rep? What are you expected to do to at least start the conversation? At so many cases, I would see channel partners just make it make it the manufacturer's problem, right? Like, oh, yes. well, hey, we've got the lead, but we don't have to close that. We don't have to have any conversations. We're just going to bring in the expert. Well, that's true. I mean, co-selling is a great thing, but there's also a lot of things that can be done early in the cycle that can really help channel partners differentiate themselves because much like exactly. they're much like they're representing competitive lines for different organizations. Mm -hmm they're also competing against other channel partners that are also aligned with mm -hmm. those manufacturers. So to me, to really set yourself apart as a channel partner means you have to rise even to a higher level of how you're managing that entire process and bringing value. Because if that channel partner is not bringing value in the initial yes. conversations, there's no differentiation to say that that order doesn't go to another channel partner for the same manufacturer's product. So um, anyway, exactly. I... I, I get off my my soapbox on on channel management, but but one, but one other thing I think that's interesting in relating to sales training uh, is that you know bid process 
is typically a big part of go-to-market strategy for organizations that use channel. And I think that the bid process and the whole way of managing that has changed a lot post COVID. Um, And I'm, I'm really interested to get your insight on what have you seen change and, and how have people sort of handled the in-between touch points in that whole process? Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of downtime between delivering a proposal and the different stages of negotiation. So just share your insight a little bit on how, how others have, have approached that. You know, I hear a lot, I'm, I'm getting beat up on price or I want to avoid, you know, having this, this price dance at the end where I have to make concessions and then I can't deliver what I need to deliver. So that's where I ask the question, what, what are you doing between the bids when the pressure's off for conversations with all the stakeholders, you know, in, including the specification engineers, including those at the very beginning of the process? Because they have goals they need to accomplish. And do you understand their most pressing problems? And how are you managing your conversations, managing your activity and your time to maximize that time between the bids when the pressure is off, you know, ideally to be specced into the job so that you're not dealing with a, with a price battle at the end? And what are you doing to separate yourself and bring value? Because that's where the opportunity lies. And some of the most important conversations happen in those, yes. in those periods of time. And, you know, some very successful people in industrial sales have told me that they've built a lot of those relationships through associations and, you know, in industry organizations. Yeah. Well, that's where they build those relationships and, and have those conversations that lead to the relationships where you're really helping people solve their problem and not getting beat up over price at the end. Right. Yeah. And, and finding new ways to have those conversations in the absence of, of those physical meetings or the ability to go, yes. you know, take somebody to lunch or to dinner or golfing yeah. or, or whatever the case would be. Uh, it is more challenging. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier about the natural human response to someone asking for your time or asking for anything is defense, right? So it's, it's, it's much easier uh, to say no than it is to say yes. And so figuring out the ways that you can still initiate those conversations. And again, that's, I'll come back to LinkedIn. I think that's another great way to keep in touch. You know, uh, one of the things that, that I encourage some of our inbound sales team to do is to constantly be sharing valuable articles and insights to people through LinkedIn. You know, if we're prospecting a company and we see something that, that, Hey, that could be beneficial to them. It doesn't even have to be on the topic of, of sales enablement, but if it's something that fits the need for their company, share it. And that yes. creates a conversation and that creates equity between the, the selling yes. organization and the client. And that's a great way to handle those, those times yes. of downtime. Cause, uh, and you, and you know, Hey, it's, it's, it, you, you make friends that way. You build those relationships that are integral to everything that, that goes on in B2B business. Yes. Do you mind if I just share a few things that anyone listening to this could go do on LinkedIn right away? Please do. And they, they may have already done it. Um, but if you if you take a look at your first and second connections, and I think you can and you can do this with regular LinkedIn. You don't have to have Sales Navigator. You know, take a look um, in the people search and find people that you went to school with. 
Uh, find people at previous employers. I used to work for AT&T. It's been a great way for me to make connections because there are a lot of alums out there who worked for that organization for years. And we it's a natural way to start the conversation. It is. Um, yes. So those are some really warm ways to expand your conversations on LinkedIn that you can go and do right now. You know, and also anytime someone, you know, likes or comments on your content, take the opportunity to, to reach out to them and just ask them a natural question. Hey, curious just what, what resonated with you or thanks for the thanks for the like, thanks for the comment. It, if you add it into your daily behaviors, it can lead to good conversations if it's done consistently. I completely agree. And I, I think it's it's fun to talk about those things because it's it is a whole new world. For, for so many individuals who are not used to using LinkedIn or not used to using those types of touch points. Um, but it's amazing how much impact you can drive from just simple, simple things like creating a conversation there. So, um, yes. well, I know we've, we've probably talked as much about good sales tactics as we have sales training <laughs> in this conversation, which is, is always a lot of fun. Um, but as we kind of get ready to, to wrap things up, uh, you know, for, for people that listen to this podcast, uh, consistently, you know, I always ask my guests to think about some, some key takeaways, things that people could actually go walk away with and make an impact, you know, as soon as they wrap this up. So uh, as you think about the big things that you would leave listeners with for 2021, what, what would those things be? You know, the first one would be, remember, you control the leading indicators of your success. You know, we don't go control who cuts a purchase order or, or, or sends a check. We do control what we do every day, every week, every month. You know, make sure you have a behavioral plan that you're consistently following. And in today's world, if, if things have slowed down in your industry, you want to make sure you're upping that behavioral plan so that you can have those qualified opportunities in your funnel. So the first one would be managing those leading indicators of success. The second one would be really make sure you're understanding what's going on with your prospects. Yeah, and one great way to learn is even from your current clients. What are they dealing with? Yep. Um, And make sure that your process is in alignment with what matters most to them now. And for those that are in management, how are you coaching to that change, managing that change? What's your debrief process like and how do you help your team learn from each other? Because in the midst of change, that information is just gold. Learning from each other, pivoting and shifting based on what you're seeing in your marketplace can really set you apart from your competition. Yeah, very solid points. And I appreciate you sharing that with with all of the listeners here. Um, you know, this has been a fantastic conversation and, and uh, possibly even one that we may even uh, revisit in, in 2021, because I think that uh, sales training is something that organizations are going to continually be investing more in as we, again, adapt to this new normal. So, uh, Christine, we really appreciate you joining today and sharing your insight. Uh, I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, if you have not done so already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you're finding this content valuable and you want to get more of it. Uh, give us a good rating in, on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. That's what helps uh, other listeners find us and uh, and, and boost our rankings. Um, and for uh, everything that you've shared with us today, Christine, I'm going to put some 
uh, some links and some information in the show notes. Uh, so I'll include Christine's LinkedIn profile, also a link uh, to Sandler Sales Training and a couple of other resources in there for anyone looking for ideas or insights on how to build your strategy for 2021. So uh, thank you all for tuning in and we certainly look forward to having you join us again next time. Thanks, Christine. Thanks, Coach.